0: You're listening to the Bank of Marquis movie podcast.
1: See this, you all right. You dare threaten me, Thor was so puny. What he was freaking me out. Where did he come from? Name, he said it was Thor. Crazy homeless person, he's pretty cut. How'd you get inside that cloud? Also, how could you eat an entire box of Pop-Tarts and still be this hungry? This drink, I like it. Another! This is going on on Facebook, smile. Your ancestors called it magic, and you call it science. Well, I come from a place where they're one and the same. But who are you, really? You'll see soon enough. God, I hope you're
2: not crazy. Do you swear to guard the lives of the innocent and preserve the peace? I
1: swear. I will destroy their kind. You can't kill an entire race and die with them. These people are innocent. I have no plans to die today.
0: And that, of course, is the trailer to the 2011 superhero film Thor, based on the Marvel Comics and the fourth film in phase one of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Hi, I'm Andy, and I like movies. All kinds of movies. Movies from old Hollywood, that's movies before 1960. Movies from new Hollywood, that's the movies of the 60s, 70s, and 80s and movies from New Hollywood. That's the movies from 1990 until today. And today we will have a New Hollywood film, Thor, starring Chris Hemsworth, Natalie Portman, Tom Hiddleston, Stellan Skarsgård, and Anthony Hopkins, and directed by Sir Kenneth Branagh. Now, Sam Raimi first developed the concept of a film based on Thor in 1991, but soon abandoned the project, leaving it in development hell. Now, during this time, the rights were picked up by various film studios until Marvel picked it up to develop the project in 2006 and planned to finance and release it through Paramount. Now, Matthew Vaughn was assigned to direct the film for a 2010 release. However, after Vaughn was released from his holding deal in 2008, Branna was approached and the film's release was rescheduled for 2011. Now, the final choice for the role of Thor came down to brothers Chris and Liam Hemsworth. And Chris, who would end up playing Thor, said he bore no ill wills towards his brother, claiming he was rooting for him to get the role. Now, to prepare for the role of Thor, he put on a massive amount of build and weight through a six-month regimen of trips to the gym and indulging in a massive diet of eggs, chicken, sandwiches, vegetables, brown rice, steak, and protein drinks. Now, Sir Anthony Hopkins signed on as Odin despite never having read a Thor comic nor knowing anything about the Thor mythology. It was the concept of the father and son relationship that intrigued him about the role. Now, when Chris Hemsworth and Sir Anthony Hopkins saw each other in full armor for the first time, Hopkins said, God, there's no acting required here, is there? Now, Tom Hiddleston was also up for the role of Thor but in the end was cast as Thor's troublesome brother, Loki. So instead of bulking up for the role, he had to bulk down, or slim down. Now, Natalie Portman took the role of Jane Foster because she couldn't resist the opportunity of a comic book movie directed by Sir Kenneth Branagh. Now, Sir Kenneth Branagh had been a fan of Thor since childhood, and when Marvel Studios selected him as the director, they sent him the complete collection of the Marvel Thor comics as reference material for the character. Now, Branagh conceptualized this movie as a Norse and comic book twist on William Shakespeare's Henry V. Ironically, Branagh burst onto the limelight as the star and director of an Oscar-nominated version of Henry V in 1989. Now, Sam Jackson, who had briefly portrayed Nick Fury at the end of the film Iron Man, signed on to reprise the role of Thor as part of an unprecedented nine-picture deal with Marvel Studios. You can feel in this film the beginnings of a concentrated effort of pulling all these together, culminating in an Avengers movie in a few years.
3: Get on with it! Yes! Get on with it! Yeah!
0: We start with a teaser opening, an opening scene before the opening scene. It is night in a research van outside of Puenta Antigua, New Mexico, a made-up place. Not New Mexico, Puenta Antigua. Three scientists, Dr. Eric Selvig, Stellan Skarsgård, Darcy Lewis, Kat Dennings, and Jane Foster, Natalie Portman, are tracking an anomaly. Wait for it?
1: Can I
0: turn on the radio? No. The anomaly happens and the trio chase it like storm chasers chasing a tornado.
1: I thought you said it was a subtle aurora. Go!
0: Inside the anomaly, a man appears and the trio hit the man with their van.
2: be dead.
1: Please!
0: Jane asks
1: Where did he come
2: from?
0: And we go to the opening scene narrated by Odin, Anthony Hopkins. It takes place in Tonsburg, Norway at 965 AD. Once
2: mankind accepted a simple truth that they were not alone in this universe. Some worlds Man believed to be home to their gods. Others, they knew to fear.
0: All right, simply put, the Frost Giants attacked man. Coming to man's aid were Odin and the warriors of Asgard. Now, the Frost Giant was killed by Odin, who lost an eye, and grabbed the source of power. We would later call this the Tesseract. Uh, Remember that name, kids. It'll come up again in other Marvel films. And he returned it to Asgard.
2: Here we remain as a beacon of hope. Shining out across the stars. And though we have fallen into man's myths and legends, it was Asgard
0: and its warriors that brought peace to the universe. Uh, This is now a little older, Odin telling the story to his two sons. One blonde, one with dark hair. We pan over and see a giant hammer, uh, Patience, that will come into play in just a little bit. Then Odin lays down the basic conflict of these two brothers and this film.
2: Only one of you can ascend to the throne, but both of you were born to be kings.
0: Now we enter the Great Hall of Asgard, where a returning prince comes marching triumphant. He is blonde, arrogant, charming, good-looking, and strong. He is Thor, the older version of the young blonde boy in the earlier scene. Oh, Thor is played by a then-unknown actor by the name of Chris Hemsworth. He is drinking in the adoration of the people. His father, Odin, is not amused. Thor Odin's son, my heir. So while Odin is admonishing his son, let's talk about Sir Anthony on. Hopkins. One of the most accomplished and revered actors in the world, Anthony Hopkins was born on December 31, 1937, in Wales. Influenced by Richard Burton, he decided to study at College of Music and Drama and graduated in 1957. In 1965, he moved to London and joined the National Theatre invited by Laurence Olivier who could see the talent in Hopkins. In 1967, he made his first film for television, A Flea in Her Ear. The next year, he enjoyed his first major career success, playing Richard the Lionheart in The Lion in Winter, a wonderful film that also starred a young Timothy Dalton and Nigel Terry, as well as veteran actors Peter O'Toole and Katherine Hepburn. A string of interesting roles followed, such as Claudius in Hamlet in 1969, Charles Dickens in the TV movie The Great Inimitable Mr. Dickens in 70, Philip Calvert in When Eight Bells Toll in 71. Lloyd George in Young Winston in 72, Torvald in A Doll's House opposite Jane Fonda in 73, and he burst into the scene, as far as my memory remembers, in the TV miniseries QB7 in 1974. He played Superintendent John McCloud in Juggernaut, a... British disaster movie starring Richard Harris and Omar Sharif and David Hemmings about a bombing of a British ship. Uh, this is one of these movies as a kid I absolutely loved. I recently re-watched it. It's not very good. He played Prime Minister Yitzhak Rabin in the TV movie Victory at Entebbe in 76, a very good TV movie. The unfortunate Lieutenant Colonel Frost in A Bridge Too Far, the all-star war epic in 77. Captain Johnson in International Velvet in 78, the sequel to National Velvet, the Elizabeth Taylor film. And then played Corky in the 78 psychological thriller Magic. And he was great in that. I loved that movie. I absolutely love that movie. I uh, turned right around to play Frederick Treves in The Elephant Man in 1980. Hitler in a TV movie, The Bunker, in 81. Othello in a TV version of Othello in 81. Quasimodo in a TV version of The Hunchback of Notre Dame in 82. Lieutenant Bly in The Bounty in 84. Opposite Mel Gibson's Fletcher Christian. Was absolutely wonderful as Frank Dole in 84 Charing Crossroad. Opposite Anne Bancroft in 87. Played Magwitch in a TV miniseries version of Great Expectations in 89. So as you see, he really does these respected highbrow masterpiece theater type pieces of art. That is until 1991, where his career and, if I'm honest, the movies changed with his portrayal of Dr. Hannibal Lecter in Silence of the Lambs, one of the most chilling and original villains to ever grace the screen. Hopkins would win his only Academy Award, and rightfully so, for his portrayal of dr Lecter. this obviously shoots him up to the stratosphere and what does he do he plays the bad guy mccandless in freejack opposite that great thespian mick jagger in 1992. he does come back with a merchant ivory film howard's end opposite emma thompson in 92. Uh, stevens in remains of the day opposite emma thompson again in 93 and this is an absolutely wonderful movie and uh absolute wonderful performance of his uh, also, ninety-three, he plays Jack Lewis in Shadowlands, the C.S. Lewis semi-biopic. I plays Dr. John Harvey Kellogg in The Road to Wellville in ninety-four. He makes an interesting Nixon in the Oliver Stone film Nixon in ninety-five. John Quincy Adams in the Steven Spielberg Amistad in ninety-seven. Don Diego de la Vega in Mask of Zorro, kind of the Obi-Wan Kenobi to Antonio Banderas Zorro in 98. William Parrish in the extremely boring and the extremely self-important Meet Joe Black in 98. Uh, He had an uncredited role as Mission Commander Swanbeck in Mission Impossible 2. And was the narrator in How the Grinch Stole Christmas the Ron Howard Jim Carrey epic in 2000. He reprised his role of Hannibal Lecter in Hannibal in 2001. I wish he wouldn't have done that. Uh, played Ted Brodigan in an absolutely wonderful adaptation of the Stephen King novel Hearts in Atlantis. More of a stand-by-me Shawshank Redemption type movie than a uh, horror film. Plays Hannibal Lecter one more time in Red Dragon in 2002. I played Burt Monroe in the absolute wonderful independent movie, The World's Fasted Indian. I'll skip through to a couple of others. Uh, He played Sir John Talbot in The Wolfman in 2010. A not very good adaptation of the Wolfman movie starring Benicio Del Toro. Uh, Was Odin in Thor in 2011. And played Alfred Hitchcock in the not very good movie Hitchcock in 2012. I played Bailey in Red 2, kind of. The Octogenarian's action flick that I really liked. Uh, Reprised his role of Odin in Thor The Dark Dark World. Methuselah and Noah. The intriguing Darren Aronofsky version (laughs) of the Noah story from the Bible Bible that includes great big rock, giant god, creature things. For some reason, that movie intrigues me. It's not very good, but it's intriguing. For some reason, he grabbed a paycheck for Transformers The Last night in 2017, reprised his role of Odin in Thor Ragnarok in 2017, played the mysterious Dr. Robert Ford in the first season of Westworld in 2018, was nominated for an Oscar in 2019 in The Two Popes, and currently has one, two, three, four more projects ready to be released.
1: Good hand You know, dressed warmly enough, I'm
0: sorry. Uh, now the Frost Giant somehow gains access to Asgard, killing a few Asgardians along the way. Thor vows revenge. Odin cautions Thor to keep the peace, not go to war. I'm Thor, goaded by his brother Loki, you know, Tom Hiddleston, the older baby, version of the young dark-haired so boy in the earlier scene, does not heed his father's warning and goes to the land of the Frost I'm Giants, Jotunheim, no to seek revenge. So while Thor leads his friends on a mission that, let's face it, will cause serious consequences down the road in this film, otherwise we'd have no movie, let's talk about Thor himself, Chris Hemsworth. A native of Melbourne, Australia, Chris Hemsworth is the brother of actors Liam and Luke Hemsworth and is a nephew by marriage of Rod Ansell, the Bushman who inspired the film Crocodile Dundee. He began his acting career by appearing in several Australian television series. Uh, In 2002, he starred in two episodes of the fantasy television series Guinevere Jones as King Arthur, as well as appearing in the Australian soap opera Neighbours and one episode of Martial Law. The following year, he appeared in an episode of The Saddle Club. In 2004, Hemsworth auditioned for the role of Robbie Hunter in the Australian soap opera Home and Away. He did not get that part, but was called back for the part of Kim Hyde. Now, he moved to Sydney to join the cast and appeared in 171 episodes of the series. Now, he left the cast of Home and Away in 2007, stating that even though Home and Away gave him visibility, his work in a soap opera did not earn him respect from the film industry. Now, Hemsworth was a contestant on the fifth season of Dancing with the Stars Australia and made it through seven shows before he got cut. He finally broke into Hollywood playing George Kirk, the father of James T. Kirk in the J.J. Abrams reboot of the TV series Star Trek in the motion picture Star Trek in 2009. From there, he did a couple of other smaller roles in uh, very unknown and forgettable movies like A Perfect Getaway and Cash before being cast as Thor in Thor in 2011, beating out, amongst others, as I've said, his brother. He returned in 2011 for the Drew Goddard horror film The Cabin in the Woods, which is a very smart send-up of these types of horror movies. He then returned to play Thor in The Avengers uh, before playing The Huntsman in Snow White and The Huntsman. Opposite Kristen Stewart as Snow White and Charlize Theron as Ravina, the bad guy in the film. He played the Patrick Swayze role in a remake of the 1980s action flick Red Dawn. Then he reprised his role of George Kirk in Star Trek Into Darkness in 2013. He portrayed race car driver James Hunt in Ron Howard's Rush in 2013 before reprising his role of Thor again in Thor The Dark World. He then came back and played Nick Hathaway in Black Hat in 2015 before coming back as Thor once again in Avengers Age of Ultron. He showed an interesting comedic style in the remake of the Vacation movie in 2015 before starring in the Ron Howard in the Heart of the Sea, which is supposedly the true story of what really happened on the voyage of a crew that inspired the film Moby Dick. It was a long and fairly boring movie. He returned as the Huntsman in the sequel Huntsman Winter's War in 2016 before doing a full-on comedic turn in Ghostbusters, the female-led Ghostbusters in 2016. He then turned around and played a comedic version of Thor in Thor Ragnarok in 2017. Before going back to the action flick genre with twelve strong in twenty eighteen, follow that up with Avengers Infinity War and Endgame. And then played Billy Lee, the leader of a cult in bad times at the El Royale. And if you haven't seen this actioner, check it out. It's it's great, it's fun. It's violent, but it's fun. He played H and H in the unnecessary Men in Black International. Played himself in Jay and Silent Bob Reboot, then most recently played Tyler Rake, what a great action name, in the Ultra Action Flick Extraction 2020. I just recently watched this movie and it's terrific. He is scheduled to appear as Thor again in Thor Love and Thunder, as well as playing Hulk Hogan in an untitled Hulk Hogan biopic, as well as Extraction 2.
1: Stop and think. Look around you. We're outnumbered. Know your place, brother. You know not what your actions would unleash.
0: Odin has to come to Thor's aid at Jodenheim.
1: Father! We'll finish them together! Silence!
0: Odin takes Thor and his friends home. Needless to say, Odin is not pleased. Why did you bring us back? You realize what you've done, what you've started? I was protecting my home! You cannot even protect your friends. How can you hope to protect the kingdom?
2: You're a of vain! Greedy, cruel boy! And you are an old man and a fool!
0: Odin banishes Thor.
2: Thor, Odin's son, you have betrayed the express command of your king. Through your arrogance and stupidity, you've opened these peaceful realms and innocent lives to the horror and desolation of war.
0: To the worst place imaginable, Earth. I
2: now take from you your power! <laughs> Name of my father and his father before. I Odin, your father. Cut you off.
0: But Odin has a clause.
2: Whoever holds of this hammer, if he be worthy, he shall possess the power of Thor.
0: Now we are back to the pre-scene where Jane hits Thor with her van. So while Thor and Jane get to know each other and begin to fall in love, let's talk about Jane. Actress Natalie Portman. Natalie Portman was born in Israel and holds dual United States and Israeli citizenship. She burst onto the acting scene at the age of 12, playing Matilda and Leon the Professional, an incredibly adult performance for a 12-year-old actress. She appeared in other movies such as Heat, Beautiful Girls, and Mars Attacks before landing the role of Queen Amidala in Star Wars Episode I, The Phantom Menace. While the three Star Wars prequel movies are not that good, she's good in them. In 2003, she shook off Star Wars and starred as Sarah in Cold Mountain, followed by Sam in the indie movie Garden State. And she has been charting her own path ever since. In 2004, she played Alice in the drama Closer, opposite Jude Law, Julia Roberts, and Clive Owen. In 2005, she portrayed Evie in V for Vendetta and was Jack's ex-girlfriend in the 2007 Wes Anderson Delight, The Darjeeling Limited. She was in Mr. Majorum's Wonder Emporium in 2007 and played Anne Boleyn in the Disappointing The Other Boleyn Girl in 2008. She was terrific in the drama The Other Woman in 2009 about a mom dealing with the death of her daughter and then won the Oscar in 2010 as Best Actress in Darren Aronofsky's Black Swan In 2011, she took on Thor as Jane Foster as kind of a lark a lark that she didn't really enjoy and was contractually obligated to return in 2013 for Thor The Dark World. She went back to her indie roots to star as Elizabeth in the Terrence Malick film Night of Cups, which some people love and I find boring as all get out. She played Jane Hammond in the action-western Jane Got a Gun in 2015, a movie, gosh, I really wanted to like but couldn't. She was nominated for another Oscar, playing Jackie Kennedy in Jackie in 2016. And then in 2018, appeared in the sci-fi film Annihilation as Lena. A film directed by Alex Garland and was praised immensely by critics, but I gotta tell you, I just didn't see it. I found it to be boring. Uh, She returned in a brief scene in Avengers Endgame and then played Lucy Cola in Lucy in the Sky in 2019. It wasn't very good. Going forward, she is signed up to play Jane Foster one more time in Thor Love and Thunder. And will play Rosemary Cook in the TV miniseries We Are All Completely Besides Ourselves. And I have no idea what it's about. Now, Thor's Hammer is found in the desert in New Mexico, uh, hence the post credit scene of Iron Man 2. A bunch of rednecks try to lift, pull, or take Mjolnir, that's Thor's Hammer, including Stan Lee in his cameo.
2: Did it
0: work? Up pulls Agent Coulson, Clark Gregg, from the other Marvel movies. So, we found it. Back at Asgard, Loki learns of his true heritage. What am I? You're my son. So while Loki finds out that he isn't Odin's biological son but is a descendant of the frost giants that Odin has adopted, let's talk about the actor portraying Loki, Tom Hiddleston. Tom Hiddleston was born in Westminster, London, England. He boarded at Eton College and then continued on to the University of Cambridge, and then studied acting at the Royal Academy of Dramatic Art, where he graduated in 2005. While at Cambridge, he was seen by an agent and was signed. Following this, he was cast in his first television role in The Life and Adventures of Nicholas Nickleby. He took on his first film role in Joanna Hogg's award-winning first feature, Unrelated, in 2007. He also appeared in the West End productions of Cymbeline in 2007 and Ivanov in 2008 and won the Olivier Award for Best Newcomer to Play for his role in Cymbeline. He would portray Magnus Martinson in the TV series Wallander starring the director of Thor, Kenneth Branagh, from 2008 to 2010. And then was cast as Loki in Thor in two thousand eleven. He would then turn around and play F. Scott Fitzgerald in Woody Allen's interesting little piece Midnight in Paris, and portrayed Captain Nichols in Steven Spielberg's War Horse in two thousand eleven. He returned as the main villain of Loki in the Avengers in two thousand twelve, and played Prince Hal Henry V in the Hollow Crown TV series in two thousand twelve. He would reprise his role of Loki in Thor The Dark World in 2013, and would play Coriolanus in a movie version of Coriolanus in so 2014. No also in 2014, he would play Let's The Great Escapo in Muppets, Muppets Most Wanted, a fun weeks. movie and a fun little cameo. I went the biopic you? route, playing Hank Williams, interestingly enough, in I Saw the Light and then was in the Guillermo del Toro gothic horror film Crimson Peak in 2015, a film that should have been better. It just wasn't good. Uh, He starred as Jonathan Pine in the TV series The Night Manager, based on the Jean Le Carre novel in 2016, went back to the action well as James Conrad in Kong Skull Island, and then returned once again as Loki in Thor Ragnarok in 2017. He voiced the character of Lord Newth in the animated movie Early Man in 2018, and returned as Loki for Avengers Infinity War and Endgame. He is currently filming the Loki TV series for Disney+. (laughs) Now during his argument with Loki, Odin collapses and goes into a coma, or as they call it, Odin's Sleep.
1: Gods! Gods, please help!
0: Now back in New Mexico, Thor, Jane, and Dr. Selvig learn of the appearance of a mysterious satellite that none can lift, but it is guarded by government officials.
3: The usual please, Izzy. You missed all the excitement out at the crater. Seeing some kind of satellite landed out in the desert. Yeah, we were having a good time with it until the Fed showed up. Excuse me, did you say there was a satellite crash? Yeah.
0: Thor and Jane show up where Thor's hammer is located, and it is surrounded by Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.
1: That's no satellite crash. They would have hauled the wreckage away. They wouldn't have built a city around it.
0: Thor breaks in to take his hammer and fights many, many members of the S.H.I.E.L.D., including the introduction of future Avenger Hawkeye, Jeremy Renner.
3: Barton. Talk to me. You want me to slow him down,
1: sir?
2: Or are you sending in more guys for him to beat up?
0: Thor makes it to Molnar.
2: Better call it, Coulson. I'm starting to root for this guy.
0: But Thor cannot lift it, proving that he is not worthy. He falls to the ground, defeated and humbled, looking pretty cool and buff in the rain.
2: All right, show's over. Ground units move in. Time for an intermission. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat.
3: Settle back now, content comfortable well-fed and ready for some fine entertainment is everybody happy then let's go it's showtime he committed a crime he's in jail i can't just leave him there why you didn't see what i saw look look it's
0: mia Mia. and we're back jane and dr selvig and separately the agents of shield grapple with who or what thor is so while this is going on, let's talk yeah, about Dr. Selvig, actor, actor Stellan Skarsgård. <laughs> Stellan Skarsgård was born in Sweden we'll in 1951. They so they stars, they they stars, stars, he became a star in his teens in, science. Science. in uh, Swedish television and was so employed at the Royal Dramatic, 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 Dramatic theater, theater, theater in Stockholm from 1972 to 1988. His first big role in the United States was as Captain Tupolev in The Hunt for Red October in 1990. But real fame in the U.S., did not occur for him until 1996 where he played opposite newcomer Emily Watson in Lars von Trier's Breaking the Waves. After that, he got supporting roles in Goodwill Hunting, Amistad, the international crime thriller Ronin starring Robert De Niro. And then he first came to my attention as Jim Whitlock in Deep Blue Sea, the Jaws on steroids action flick starring Samuel L. Jackson. From there, he was in the Michael Crichton time travel film Time Code, played Felix in the wonderful film noir Kiss Kiss Bang Bang in 2001, was Father Marin in Exorcist The Beginning in 2004, It's Awful. And then got the role of bootstrap Bill Turner in Pirates of the Caribbean Dead Man's Chest in its sequel, Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End. From there, he scored the role of Bill in Mamma Mia! and then in its sequel, Mamma Mia! Here We Go Again. Played Commander Richter in Angels and Demons, the Ron Howard film starring Tom Hanks and based on the book by Dan Brown. In 2011, then, he was cast as Eric Selving in Thor, a role that he would play many times in uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Play Jack in the interesting film Melancholia, a film where if you want to know what a Lars von Trier film is all about, go see that or see Nymphomaniac Volumes 1 and 2, which Skarsgård is also in. In 2015, he played the Grand Duke in the live-action remake of Cinderella, and was spectacular in the HBO TV miniseries Chernobyl in 2019. He is slated to play Baron Vladimir Harkonnen in the upcoming Dune movie, Anne is supposed to star in the Untitled Star Wars Cassian Andor series, coming up sometime in the early 2020s.
2: Oh, Johnny, Johnny, Johnny. There you are. It's gonna be alright. I'm taking you home now.
0: Dr. Selvig gets Thor out of S.H.I.E.L.D.'s custody. They go to a bar. For the first time in, in my life, I have no
1: idea what I'm supposed to do.
0: They decide to get drunk.
1: Boilermakers.
0: Loki shows up at the land of the Frost Giants.
2: So
1: you're the one who showed us the way into Asgard. That was just a bit of fun, really. To ruin my brother's big day and to protect the realm from his idiotic rule for a while longer. Loki has a plan. I will conceal you and a handful of your soldiers lead you into Odin's chambers and you can slay him where he lies. Why not kill him yourself? (laughs) I suspect that the Asgardians would not take kindly to a king who had murdered his predecessor. Once Odin is dead, I will return the casket to you. And you can return Jotunheim
0: to all its, back at Jane's Eric is drunk Thor is not
1: oh. oh my god is he okay
0: he's fine not injured at
1: all oh I'm sorry my friend what happened we drank we fought he made his ancestors proud
0: Thor explains to, to Jane
1: your ancestors called it magic and you call it science well I come from a place where they're one and the same thing
0: Thor explains the connections between Asgard and Earth and Jane and Thor make a connection.
1: Your world is one of the nine realms of the cosmos, linked to each other by the branches of Vigridrissil, the world's tree. Now you see it every day without realizing. The images glimpsed through our uh, what did you call it? This uh, this Hubble telescope.
0: Hubble, <laughs> Hubble telescope. <laughs> Back at Asgard, Thor's friends plot to find Thor.
1: Our dearest friend banished. Loki on the throne, Asgard on the brink of war, yet you've managed to consume four wild boar, six pheasant, a side of beef, and two casks of ale. Shame on you, don't you care! Do not mistake my appetite for apathy! Stop it, both of you!
0: They head to Earth.
1: Heimdall demands your presence. We're doomed.
0: You would defy the commands of Loki, our king. Break every oath you have taken as warriors and commit treason to bring Thor back. Yes. Good. Loki sends the Frost Giants to Earth to kill Thor and his friends. What the hell was that? I don't know, sir. We got massive energy readings out of nowhere, and then they just disappeared. Fifteen miles due northwest. Let's go take a look. So, before we get to the Battle of New Mexico, let's talk about the director of this piece, Sir Kenneth Branagh. Sir Kenneth Charles Branagh was born on the 10th of December, 1960. He trained at the Royal Academy of Dramatic Art in London. He was considered part of the new wave of actors to emerge from the Academy. Others included Jonathan Price, Alan Rickman, and Fiona Shaw. In 1984, he appeared in the Royal Shakespeare Company production of Henry V, a production for which he adapted for a film version of the play in 1989, which also co-starred his then wife, Emma Thompson. The film brought him Best Actor and Best Director Oscar nominations and brought him to the forefront of American and British cinema. He has over 70 acting credits and 20 director credits to his name. In 1991, he took on the dual roles of Roman Strauss and Mike Church in the murder mystery Dead Again. And in 1993, he directed and starred as Benedict to Emma Thompson's Beatrice in a film adaptation of Shakespeare's Much Ado About Nothing. In 1994, he directed and starred in Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. He played Victor to Robert De Niro's Creature. In 1995, he also starred as Iago in a film adaptation of Othello, a film adaptation that he did not direct, though the next year he did direct and star in a production of Hamlet. Right around that same time, he directed a film called A Midwinter's Tale about a group of theater actors who puts on a production of Hamlet in a small village facing their own temptations, disappointments, and joys. Uh, I think it's an absolutely wonderful film. Other films that he starred in around that time was The Mystery the Gingerbread Man in 1998, The Misfire Wild Wild West, where he played Dr. Arliss Loveless, the bad guy opposite Kevin Kline and Will Smith. He voiced the character of Miguel in the animated film The Road to El Dorado. He starred as A.O. Neville in Rabbit Proof Fence in 2002, and then took on the role of Gilderoy Lockhart in Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. Also in 2002, he played Sir Ernest Henry Shackleton in a TV miniseries, Shackleton, and directed Michael Caine in a production of Sleuth, where he played the older character of this two-character play. Uh, Back in the 70s, Caine played the younger character opposite Laurence Olivier. In 2008, he played Major General Hennig von Trexgau in Valkyrie, the Tom Cruise World War II flick, and in 2011, he was able to portray his idol and mentor, Sir Lawrence Olivier, in My Week with Marilyn, opposite Michelle Williams' Oscar-nominated turn as Marilyn Monroe. This film also starred a then-unknown, Eddie Redmayne. That same year, Branagh directed Thor. In 2014, he directed Jack Ryan's Shadow Recruit. And in 2015, he did the live-action remake of Disney's Cinderella. In 2017, he appeared in Christopher Nolan's almost silent film, Dunkirk, playing Commander Bolton. And in that same year, he directed and starred as Hercule Poirot in Murder on the Orient Express. He has just completed the film Artemis Fowl, which will be released in 2020, and has completed acting in Christopher Nolan's latest film, Tenet, due out sometime in 2020, as well as reprising his portrayal of famed Agatha Christie detective Hercule Poirot and directing Death on the Nile. Is that one of Starks? I don't know. Never tells me anything. Okay, now we're into the Battle of New Mexico. When destroyed. all else fails, Thor humbly goes to sacrifice himself for the good of the others. Brother, whatever I have done to wrong you,
1: whatever I have done to lead you to do this, I am truly sorry. But these people are innocent. Taking their lives will gain you nothing.
0: This, of course, proves that Thor is worthy.
2: Whosoever holds this hammer, if he be worthy, shall possess the power of Thor.
0: Mjolnir, the hammer, comes flying into Thor's hand and Thor's godlike powers are restored. Now we have the true battle of New Mexico as Thor kicks butt. Thor heads back so to Asgard to deal with Loki. We must go to the Bifrost site.
1: I don't think you've been completely honest with know me. Know this, son of Cole. You and I, we fight for the same cause, the protection of this world. From this day forward, you can count me as your ally, if you return the items you have taken from Jane. Stolen. Borrowed.
0: Loki saves Odin.
1: Loki, you saved him.
0: But Loki's plan all along was to become king and hero of Asgard by defeating the Frost Giants.
1: Why have you done this? to prove to father that I am a worthy son. When he wakes, I will have saved his life. I will have destroyed that race of monsters and I will be true heir to the throne. You can't kill an entire race.
0: Why not? We now have the final mano a mano fight between Brother Thor and Loki.
1: I will not fight you, brother!
0: I'm not your brother.
1: I never was. Loki, this is madness. Is it madness?
0: Is it? Thor defeats Loki and saves the Frost Giant's planet by destroying the Bifrost, the link between Asgard and the other worlds, uh, including Earth. If you destroy the bridge, you'll let us see again!
1: Forgive me, Jane.
0: Odin awakens and banishes Loki to the Void.
1: I should have done it! For you! For all of us!
0: No, Loki. Thor reconciles with his father.
2: You'll be a wise king.
0: There will never be a wiser king than you. Or a better father. Thor and Jane both look to find each other. How is she? She searches for you. As the credits roll. But, of course, this being a Marvel movie, we have the end credits scene.
3: Dr. Selvig.
2: Is the other man behind all this?
0: Nick Fury shows Dr. Selvig the Tesseract, as Loki shows up. In Selvig's head?
1: Well, I guess that's worth a look.
0: Well, I guess that's worth a look. With the tagline, Thor will return in The Avengers. Postscript Thor premiered in Sydney, Australia on April 17th, 2011, and was released in the United States on May 6th, as part of Phase 1 of the MCU. The film was a financial success earning almost $450 million worldwide and was positively reviewed for its performances, although the Earth-based elements of the film received some criticism. Now both Chris Hemsworth and Tom Hiddleston's performances were lauded, as was Kenneth Branagh's direction. Now it is interesting to note that Branagh has not directed another Marvel film, at least up until this day. next time on the Bank of Marquis Movies Podcast.
3: He's been watching the people across the way. Nobody seems to pull their blinds during a hot spell like this. He knows a lot about them by now. Too much, perhaps. For instance, down there on the second floor, the woman pacing about. He calls her Miss Lonely Hearts. So lonely that even death seems like a friend. These are the newlyweds, on a honeymoon no one will ever forget. He calls her Miss Hearing Aid, an artist of a very odd and strange art. The songwriter, who plays the same melody over and over again. A genius or insane? This is the traveling salesman and his invalid wife. Out of their arguments and nagging comes a weird kind of love. Miss Torso, the body beautiful. That is, viewed from a safe distance. Those are just a few of my neighbors. First, I watched them just to kill time, but then I couldn't take my eyes off them, just as you won't be able to. And you won't be able to take your eyes off the glowing beauty of Grace Kelly, who shares the heart and curiosity of James Stewart in this story of a romance shadowed by the terror of a horrifying secret.
0: And that's what's coming up next on the Think of Marquis movie podcast. If you'd like to reach out to us, email us at bankofmarquis at gmail.com That's B-A-N-K-O-F-M-A-R-Q-U-I-S at gmail.com And check out the website www.bankofmarquis.com
1: And until next time... I'm watching you, Wazowski. Always watching.